हरे कृष्णा पंचकल्पत्रिभ्यश्चाकृतसिंधुभ्यपचितिनमहमेभ्यो So uh, we will start uh, this morning with X number 32. You recall just before this, uh, quite a long and extensive survey of all various areas and states of being and consciousness and species and destinations and, uh, in the universe uh, each in the mode of uh, as they are in the mode of goodness or passion or ignorance and now we learned how to apply them 31 has served uh, summed up this so best of the human beings all states of material being are related to the interactions of the enjoying soul and material nature whether seen, heard of, or only conceived within the mind, they are, without exception, constituted of the modes of nature. So when the Purusha and the Prakriti come together, it's come about. So now, 32 to 36, we'll give instructions of how to become freed from the modes. So I'll read 32. That has uh, three lines rather than just two as usual. 32 goes like this. First you say, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Deta Samshittaya Pumso निर्जिताजिथेनाजिथेनाजिथेनाजिथेनाजिथेनाजिथेनाजिथेनाजिथेनाजिथेनाजिथेनाजिथेनाजिथेनाजिथेनाजिथेनाजिथेनाजिथे
activities and material qualities. Uh, and so these uh, um, living entity who conquers these modes, that is to say, yena yime nyajit, by whom these are conquered, Somya is the name of uh, addressed to Uddhava. Uh, uh, and uh, the living entity, the Jivena, Jena Jivena, the, that living entity by whom these modes are Nijitta. The word is actually said conquered or overcome. And the modes are described here very interestingly to me, Chittaja. Born of the mind. They're born of the mind, manifested from the mind. Mind, yeah. Uh, by means of bhakti yogi, bhakti yogena, it's the instrumental case, so it means by means of bhakti yogena, mat dedicated to me, mat bhavaya, Prapadvite uh, and uh, receives the qualification of love for me. That's the way it breaks down. Uh, the purport here in uh, concentrates on these words. The words Madhavaya Prapadvite indicate the attainment of love for God or of the same state of existence as that of the Supreme Lord. Because the word bhava or bhava can mean a state of being. Bhava means existence. So bhava is just with a long A. is a state of being or a mentality or an emotion. And then bhava is one of the stages of, of love. It's love. It's bhava stage before before prema, called bhava. Uh, that's how it comes about from bhu to be, to the bhava, bhava and bhava. So, so this is uh, bhava, love for me, uh, uh, or attains my, my state of existence. Upon they receive that qualification. Um, so they, here in the purport, they can either reading or both. Actual liberation is residence within the eternal kingdom of God. They're referring to the Bhava as the state where life is full of bliss and knowledge. There's the bliss. The conditioned soul falsely imagines itself to be the enjoyer, the mode of nature. So that I, I think this is this Chitta which is born from the mind. The, the idea of being a jo- an enjoyer. And thus, a particular type of material work is generated, the reaction of which binds the conditioned soul to repeated birth and death. This fruitless process can be counteracted by loving service to the Lord as described above. Uh, a little more complicated here. We look at... Uh, uh, Translated this way, uh, 
O gentle Uddhava, all these items related to the gunas and karma are causes of samsara. Uh, the living entity conquers these gunas manifested from the mind, the bhakti yoga. Uh, here, Yeah, uh, it seems to be a little different take on it. But anyway, uh, dedicated only to me, he surrenders and attains to a loving relationship with me. This, this is how Bhattaswami translates. These are, Vishnu Chakrabarti says, these are the causes of samsara, samshuttayaha, takes that word to mean something, for the jiva. Knowledge and other items are cause of samsara, even knowledge in the mode of goodness is a cause of samsara. Uh, these gunas are conquered by means of bhakti yoga performed by the jiva. And whereas the, here it says the living entities who conquers these modes can dedicate himself to me by the process. So there's a little different take. Here Sridhar Swami says they're conquered by means of bhakti yoga and here they say you conquer them, then you attain the bhakti yoga. Uh, who is beyond the gunas surrenders to me for attaining sarupya or for attaining dasya sakya or other bhavas for me. So he takes bhava to be one of the, the states of, uh, of, uh, of relationship with Krishna. Because, because bhava is a component of rasa. When it becomes a component of rasa, you're, what we say conventionally is, what is your rasa? Your rasa with Krishna. It's really a, your bhava. Uh, whether, and that's why he says your dasha, sakya, other bhavas. And then when that bhava becomes a component of rasa, it's called stai bhava, the, the permanent feeling. And then there are other things Sanchari Vavas, Vibhavas, and so on, which are added to it to enrich it and intensify it. So this is technically how Bhava is used here. It has already been said that the devotee is beyond the gunas and attains, the, that the devotee is beyond the gunas and attains the, the Lord. And he quotes here, Yanti Mam Eva Nirgunaha, uh, which is from 11.25.22, the devotee beyond the gunas, nirgunaha, attains me, yanti mam, or nirguno madapashrayaha, that's 11.25.26, again in this, own, this chapter, verses 22 and 25, basically said the same thing. A performer of action who has taken shelter of me alone is beyond the, the gunas. And then he quotes from uh, Bhagavatam 329.12 Lakshanam Bhakti Yoga Sya Nirgunasya Yudahitam Ahaituki Avyayahita Ahaituki Avyayahita Ya Bhakti Purushottale It is said that the quality of Bhakti beyond the Gunas it is said that quality of bhakti beyond the gunas, I see, that quality of bhakti, 
bhakti, which is beyond the gunas, is that it is devoid of other results other than bhakti and is unobstructed by other processes. So that's the strict definition. Because, because here and also earlier when Kapila talks to Devahuti, he talks about devotional service and goodness, passion, and ignorance. I think we've gone over that. So this is bhakti that's beyond the gunas, uh, is that it, it is devoid of other, re, uh, other results other than bhakti. In other words, the fruit of bhakti is more bhakti and is unobstructed by any, any process. This is according to his quotation from 3.29.12. Uh, a little different from the way it's translated in the Bhagavatam by Prabhupada. Anyway, go on. By this statement and the present verse, which states that by bhakti one conquers the gunas, it is understood that bhakti is beyond the gunas. That is to say, it's, <laughs> uh, the ingredients used in deity worship in bhakti, such as incense, flowers, fragrance, lamp, umbrella, and chamara, are all beyond the gunas. Interesting. Huh? Uh, the incense, the flowers... It has also been stated that the faith of the devotee is beyond the gunas. It is understood from the Lord that anything related to bhakti is beyond the gunas. Uh, so this is the equality of bhakti beyond the gunas, but which you conquer by means of bhakti too, which is, which is interesting. Here, um, this is the verse that's been referred to here in this purport of, uh, of 329.12 his uh, words lakshanam bhakti yogasya uh, nirgunasya hi udhartam ahaituki avyavahita ya bhakti purushotane uh, 3.29.12 uh, Twelve. Uh, these two words are here. Uh, uh, when Prabhupada translates it, the, 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 the example is that's given in the, the, the text uh, eleven. Uh, just as the water of the Ganges flows naturally down toward the ocean. Such devotional ecstasy, uninterrupted by any material condition, flows toward the Supreme Lord. So the words that are used uh, in this verse is ahaituki and avyavahita. Uh, the word for word, it's not separated. But in the purport, ahaituki means without reason. A pure devotee does not render loving service to the personality of Godhead for any cause or for any benefit, material or spiritual. A motive is usually the way you say motive without any motive, personal motive. This is the first symptom of unalloyed devotion. And again, when Prabhupada says unalloyed, it means unmixed with anything else, such as the modes. Anya Adilajita Shunyam, he has no desire to fulfill by rendering devotional service. Such devotional service is meant for the Purushottama, the Supreme Person, and not for, for anyone else. 
Uh, and then he mentions some people think that bhakti you can do to the demigods, but that it's meant only in this verse for the Supreme Lord, Purushottama, uh, uh, not any deva. And then uh, commenting on this other word, avayahita, means without cessation or uninterrupted by any material condition or uh, obstructed by any other process, as Shuddha Vishwachakantaritaku says here. Avyavahita means without cessation. A pure devotee must engage in the service of the Lord 24 hours a day without cessation. That means even when you're sleeping. His life is so molded that at every minute and every second he engages in some sort of devotional service to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Another meaning of the word of Yavahita is that the interest of the devotee and the interest of the Supreme Lord are on the same level. The devotee has no interest but to fulfill transcendental desire of the Supreme Lord. Such spontaneous service unto the Supreme Lord is transcendental and is never contaminated by the material modes of nature. These are the symptoms of pure devotional service which is free from all contaminations of nature. Uh, so Then, uh, if we go on with uh, text 33, uh, continuing how to become free from the modes through bhakti and attain bhakti also. So, so 33, let me read it from here. Uh, Imam Lantra, Giana Vikiana, Sandavam, Tunga Sangam, Dinir Judha, excuse me, Tunga Sangam, Dinir Duya, Mambajantu Vichakshana. Therefore, having achieved this human form of life, which allows one to develop full knowledge, those who are intelligent, should free themselves from all contamination of the modes of nature and engage exclusively in loving service to me. Uh, so Tasma, therefore, Deham uh, Imam, this body, so that's human form of life, Deham, this body, Nadva, having, having obtained this body, Yanavigyana Sambhavan. Sambhavan means the place of generation, the birthplace uh, of Jnana and Vigyana. Uh, um, uh, it preaches, here is translated as full knowledge, but Jnana, of course, means theoretical, as they say in the word for word, and Vigyana is applied knowledge to both theoretical understanding and how to apply that understanding correctly Vigyana so this it is in this human body that you can you can attain this Jnana Vigyana uh, uh, 
and guna sangam vinirduya. Where were there in Bhagavatam? Vinirduya. Uh, which they translate here as uh, word for word washing out completely or, or uh, uh, in the running translation is uh, free themselves from all contamination. Guna Sangha association with the gunas vinir duda uh, usually vinir duya vinir duya means to shake off uh, to blow away, to scatter, or to reject, repudiate. So some way or other, here they use the washing metaphor. But, but uh, that, the idea, this guna sangha, is just completely clean. And then, mam bhajantu, they should worship me, who vichakshana, uh, people who are intelligent. So that's the, that's the instructions here. I think, uh, yeah, Vishant Chakrabarty has something to say about this. Uh, Having attained the human body, imam deham, which produces knowledge and realization arising from bhakti. So notice how he puts that in there. Because uh, intelligent persons should become free of association of the gunas and worship me. Uh, now, th- this, this is kind of interesting. 34 and 35 uh, give us two-step process. Uh, 34, freeing yourself from rajas and tamas. And then 35, freeing oneself from sattva. And there's a similar thing, actually, in, in the... In the first canto, second chapter of a two-step uh, process, although they're characterized a little differently here. So 34 is step one, freeing oneself from uh, uh, passion and ignorance. Um, uh, uh, Nisango mam pajit vidvan apamato jitendriyaha rajas tamas chavi jayet a wise sage, free from all material association and unbewildered, should subdue his senses and worship me. He should conquer the modes of passion and ignorance by engaging himself only with things in the mode of goodness. Uh, so that's what it is. Nisanga, free from material association, should worship me. So that's that's what you do. So the bhakti is there in the beginning, should worship me. The person is called vidvan, uh, wise, a wise person. uh, uh, And at the end of the verse, he's called muni, the sage. This person, the Sangha. Uh, sangha can be good, you know, uh, Sadhu Sangha, but often Sangha just means material association. So here, Nisanga, free from material association, a wise person, Apramatta, uh, not bewildered, 
And Gita Indriya. Gita is conquered or subdued the senses. Uh, so that's what he's engaged in. So in this way, Abhijayati, uh, this this way conquer the Raja and Tama. Sattva sam sevaya, by taking to the mode of goodness. This word uh, sam seva uh, means visiting or frequenting a place. Uh, it also means reverence and worship. <laughs> That's a good choice of word as some sevaya, sattva some sevaya, by taking shelter or uh, uh, yeah, uh, being inclined to uh, always the, the mode of goodness. Uh, and there's the, the, the sage. And there's a uh, Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur again as, as a, a commentary. Uh, uh, Translated a little differently here. Uh, a wise sage, be from all material association, the Sangha, and alert should subdue his senses and worship me as a preliminary. So he puts that in there. He should conquer rajas and tamas by engaging himself only with things in sattva. Uh, so I guess that vidvan is, is alert. <laughs> the Lord, uh, this is Vishnu Chakravati Thakur's purport, the Lord teaches the method of pure worship. One should be devoid of jnana and karma. That's how he takes it, this uh, nishanga. Because it just says basically free from association. So particularly, he takes it as meaning uh, also jnana and karma. And those are connected to the gunas. Faith and service to you is beyond the quote. There's a quotation mark. It's a, it's a question, right, that, that, that this is answering. Faith and service to you is beyond the gunas. Faith and atma is sattva guna. Or just the self. Faith and prescribed karmas is rajas. Your prescribed duties. Faith and adharma is tamas. Happiness arising from bhakti to you is beyond the gunas. You should understand that the, the experience of the happiness of bhakti has a different character than material happiness. It's not the same. And you can't can explain to anybody who has not experienced it. They always think, I, I, I had one friend once who was like a, into being a Buddhist and was a, looking for uh, what, is, what is the Buddhist term? Um, uh, enlightenment, uh, nirvana, yes. He said it's the biggest orgasm of them all. You see, I mean, this, this is like people's idea. The happiness is, a, a, you know, ice cream cone. It's whatever, you know. That they just have no idea. Uh, anyway, that's, so these, uh, notice the, the faith, 
the different levels of faith here are two, uh, faith in the Dharma, faith in karma. Karma, remember, literally means pious activities, as, as is understood. Not literally, but that usually refers to that. And the karma is sinful activities. So happiness arising from bhakti to you is beyond the gunas. Happiness arising from atma, sense objects, and illusion is sattva rajas tamas. So people don't even know atma happiness. All these things are either in the gunas or without gunas. What should a person who worships you do in the beginning? Where do you start? This verse answers. And then he says, he goes back to text 33, it has been said that if he is endowed with bhakti alone, then he will conquer the three gunas by bhakti alone. This was already, that was already stated in verse 32. If he has a predominance, this is like a fine analysis here now, if he has a predominance of bhakti with some mixture of other elements, such as jnana, then there is another method for conquering the three gunas. In other words, if you just practice bhakti without any admixture, you don't have to worry about this. But if your bhakti isn't pure, what is, what is a mixture of jnana? You really want liberation. You want, you want one of the, one of the uh, permitted liberations uh, that, that's allowed to a bhakti. But still, because you have this personal desire for liberation, you want to live in the same place as the Lord, to have the Lord's uh, association, you, you know, whatever. You want something for yourself. So there, there's some mixture of jnana. When Lord Chaitanya was talking to a Madhva follower in South India, uh, he asked them what the, what, the, what the goal is, and they said it was liberation, meaning liberation to the Lord's uh, abode, and the means is uh, uh, temple worship. And Mahaprabhu said, well, this is contaminated with jnana and karma because of the attachment to rituals, of performing a rituals, anyway. So bhakti can be mixed. Then if it's mixed, there's another method for conquering the three gunas. That is stated in this verse. He engages in sattva to conquer rajas and tamas. It has been previously stated in 11.13.6, uh, until one realizes Atma and destroys the gunas and the gross and subtle bodies, one must use sattvika items to increase sattva which increased dharma and then gives rise to jnana. So that's the... That's the, the so you do use sattva uh, uh, if there is still some, some kind of... Uh, bhakti is not pure. 
So that that's why this two step process here. Otherwise, bhakti alone will do it. If you have, if you if your bhakti is unmixed with any desire for anything else, you have to really look and see that it is. Um, um, so then we go to eleven uh, twenty. Uh, 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 35, uh, 1125, 35. Now, freeing oneself from sattva. It goes like, Then, being fixed in devotional service, the sage should also conquer the material mode of goodness by indifference toward the modes. Thus pacified within his mind, the spirit soul, freed from the modes of nature, gives up the, various, the very cause of his conditioned life and achieves me. Uh, and the BBT... Uh, purport brief one. The word nair of tekshiena uh, refers to complete detachment from the modes of material nature. That's nair of by means of nair of By attachment to the loving service of the Lord, which is completely transcendental, one gives up one's interest in the modes of nature. Uh, so that's the uh, what it says here. This matter of texture and difference to the modes. Uh, uh, so how do you do that by increasing your uh, attachment to Krishna? <laughs> then you become indifferent to the modes. You have nothing to gain from them. Uh, the other translation of this verse given by um, Banu Swami, following. Um, by the, by the way, in this verse, you know, jivo jivam vihayamam, giving up jiva, the living entity jivam, that jivam is serious as the cause of his being conditioned. The jiva gives up the jiva. But what it... Uh, it... Uh, means the subtle body. Uh, but that doesn't mean you die, this will be clear. Bani Swami says, then being fixed in devotional service, the sage should also conquer sattva by indifference toward it arising from bhakti. So it's a bhakti. It's the same, I might do a different way of putting it. And bhakti causes that indifference to sattva. Thus pacified within his mind, the jiva, freed from the gunas, giving up the subtle body, attains me. That's the that's jiva. Uh, so, in the BBT, this jiva is translated, jiva uh, is the cause of his being conditioned, Vishnu Chakrabarti, the subtle body. So, in the next verse, the same word occurs where the BBT translates it as the subtle conditioning of material consciousness. Uh, one, of the, one of the definitions of jiva, 
in the Sanskrit Mona Williams dictionary is causing to live. So if you take that as causing material existence, what's called a jivan mukta, one who is liberated in this life, continues to exist only by being directly impelled by Krishna. A jivan mukta, normally we are living because of our karma. And the question arises when Baladev Vijabhushan and his commentary on the Vedanta Sutra says if, if, if one becomes liberated, then immediately you would leave this world. Because there's no karma left to impel you to keep on going. Why do the liberated souls stay around? Krishna keeps them going personally so there will be some there to help people. Uh, so when one is actually liberated, uh, that person becomes uh, directly impelled by Krishna. The material cause of uh, continuing existence in the world, that is karma in all modes, has, has gone. Uh, so how much time do we have on this? I want to... Uh, if you if you if you want to see another uh, two-step process, this will be just a brief survey. Canto one, chapter two. Um, uh, this is these famous verses: Nasta prayeshu abhadreshu nityam Bhagavata sevaya Bhagavatyutma shloke bhukti bhavati nastiki. By regular attendance in classes on the Bhagavatam and by rendering service to the pure devotee. All that is troublesome to the heart is almost completely destroyed. Notice the almost. Because it says, Master Prayeshu, almost in there. And loving service unto the personality of Godhead, who is praised with transcendental songs, is established as an irrevocable fact. Just to be pedantic, that's the correct pronunciation of this word. It's not really irrevocable. It's irrevocable. Anyway. So that's a side point. But that, that's this one. Uh, then it goes on. As soon as irrevocable loving service is established in the heart, the effects of nature's modes of passion and ignorance, such as lust, desire, and hankerings, disappear from the heart. Then the devotee is established in goodness, and he becomes completely happy. So this is the first effect. Uh, this is when it's a revocable fact. This is the stage called nishta. Fixed, when Prabhupada said you become fixed up in Krishna consciousness, nishta. When it says irrevocable, it means it doesn't go away. Uh, it's technically possible to fall down in the platform of nishta, but by definition, it's very it's exceptional once one body reaches this stage. So then it says the first thing is that when that's established, passion and ignorance uh, disappear from the heart. Uh, and then text 20, uh, uh, thus established in the mode of unalloyed goodness, the man whose mind has been enlivened by contact with devotional service to the Lord gains positive scientific knowledge of the personality of Godhead in the stage of liberation from all material association. And then that goodness becomes purified goodness uh, 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 in that way. So it also indicates a, a kind of uh, first this, uh, because uh, Prabhupada says here, 
their soul in the purport to 19 the soul's activity becomes adulterated in contact with matter and as such the disease activities are expressed in the form of lust desire hankering and activity foolishness and sleep the effect of devotional service becomes manifest by the complete elimination of these effects of passion and ignorance the devotee is fixed at once in the mode of goodness and he makes further progress to rise to the position of Vasudeva or the state of unmixed sattva or shuddha sattva. Only in the shuddha sattva state can one always see Krishna eye to eye, of pure affection to the Lord. So that's what you should see if one advancing is that passion and ignorance disappear, and then there's the sattva stage. When there's still a little passion, a little ignorance, but the, the sattvas, but then Vishuddha sattva means there's no passion and no ignorance uh, whatsoever. Uh, so we've been introduced this idea of uh, two steps, but Vishnu Chakravarti says you can do it in one. <laughs> uh, uh, so text number 36, which is the final verse in this chapter, uh, uh, and then Jiva Jiva Vinir Mukto, 36 begins. So again, the, the Jiva Vinir Mukta. Jiva Jiva Vinir Mukto, Gunaishaya Sambhavati, Aishicha Ashaya Sambhavai, Mayaiva Brahmana Purno, Nabahir Nantaras Charet. Free from the subtle conditioning of the mind and from the modes of nature born of material consciousness, the living entity becomes completely satisfied by experiencing my transcendental form. He no longer searches for enjoyment in the external energy, nor does he contemplate or remember such enjoyment within himself. This has made it a little complicated. Uh, so, uh, 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 jiva, the jiva, jiva venirmuktu, free from the basically the subtle body. Uh, they say the subtling conditions of material consciousness. Uh, uh, the uh, uh, Vishnu Chakravarti uh, says, devoid of subtle body. And qualities like lust arise in the ahantakara, uh, antakarana. Antakarana is, is the subtle body, the internal cause, you can say, of, of uh, your things. So, because it doesn't mean necessarily free from the subtle body means you die. I mean, liberation from the gross body happens at the time of death, I should say. The liberations from the subtle body uh, takes place by devotional service. Uh, and then you're liberated. And then if you stay around, you can, it's by Krishna's grace or desire. Uh, so, but here he's satisfied by experiencing uh, 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 me, uh, Purnaha, Ashaya, some of the Ashaya, Ashaya means resting place, and here it refers to the mind, uh, the modes of nature which 
stream from the mind. Uh, and uh, uh, so then he doesn't uh, full satisfaction, neither in external or internal, bahir antara. So not in uh, sense gratification, uh, uh, objects of the senses, or not in the internal, uh, which the BBT word for word they say remembrance, contemplate or remember such enjoyment of past enjoyment where you're thinking of it fondly. And Vishnu Chakravarti just says internal emotions like lamentation and uh, illusion. Uh, so this is this is, and then he should uh, charit wander. So you're still on the planet. This is my first Sanskrit verb I learned in a college Sanskrit course was char. Char means go, wander, or graze. <laughs> so you charet. Sort of just like you know, doing those kind of things. Uh, so this ashaya, uh, the idea of ashaya is the seat of feeling and thoughts, the mind, heart, or soul. So basically it's a resting place. Uh, Okay, that's the end of the, this chapter, the three modes and beyond. So next time we'll begin chapter 26 uh, called the Ayla Gita, uh, which harks back to an incident that happens in the ninth canto between uh, uh, the Emperor Purubhava and a certain Urvasi, uh, Prabhupada calls the heavenly society girl. By society girl, he means a, a courtesan. Uh, a court, you know what, anyway, we'll talk about a courtesan is later. So let's uh, see if we have any questions or comments about these verses or this chapter uh, of the three modes and beyond. Here's the and beyond part, by the way, which whenever that came in, it says these last verses are the, the and beyond. 32 to 36. Yeah, so comments or questions, yeah? Yeah, if you're, if you're uh, star six, you're on the phone. Otherwise, you have to text it in. Star six, we can hear you. And uh, you can text it in uh, if you're on mayapur.com. Um, that what? Oh, excuse me, .tv. That's that little island that's going to be submerged. Okay, uh, Ramalanda Puru has a question. He asks, is there only a two-step method? What about rising from Tama to Raja and then to Sattva, three steps? For example, churches try to get people off drugs to become a family man with a good job. Will that Tama to Raja eventually come to goodness and then to pure goodness, or is it simply a dead end? The dead end or not is whether you know anything higher. Uh, certainly sometimes you have, may have to start, but the first thing is getting rid of the, the Tamagun. But uh, most people figure it's enough to make you uh, into Rajas. And remember, for many churches, even religious groups, uh, they think that the results of piety will be seen in this life in the form of uh, wealth, prosperity, and and so on. There's a gospel of prosperity that goes around. 
or they even they even uh, you know view uh, view spiritual life as fruitive, essentially some place of enjoyment uh, rather than a place of devotion. Uh, so they they may be like that. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, but but uh, if you actually start practicing devotional service, you'll one will find the first result is that that you'll see these things decrease. Both of them will decrease. Passion and ignorance. Uh, and the result of the mode of passion, as we learn in the Bhagavad Gita, is suffering. And the way that people deal with that suffering is generally to go back into the mode of ignorance anymore, to kill the pain by, by uh, something uh, like that. Some modes of ignorance, of insanity, mental derangement, is harder to deal with. Uh, but Prabhupada did write that even a mentally deranged person can be cured by transcendental sound. So it is effective against the mode of ignorance. But laziness, sleep, sometimes makes it hard to even do any spiritual practices. Okay, we have another question by phone. Go ahead. Hi, Krishna. Gurudev, this is Sophie Priyadasi. Please accept my obeisances. Krishna. Hi, Krishna. Can you hear me? I can. Loud and clear. Okay, so my question is, when you were talking about um, uh, becoming indifferent to the mode, including the mode of goodness, um, I'm not quite sure how that plays out practically. Like, how is one indifferent to the mode of goodness? Because you have to act, and we've heard stories of previous acharyas and saints doing things that were kind of, you know, by material calculation, wacky and or immoral. Um, and I mean, I don't know if all those stories are true. Um, and even now, you know, people like to make uh, make uh, uh, I think example of, of, you know, maybe what would be considered illicit behavior um, in Krishna's service. So I was just wondering, um, you know, how does the idea of being indifferent to the mode of goodness play out in one's practical behavior if one is already liberated or a pure devotee? Um, well, this would mean just, uh, I think if Prabhupada were attached to the mode of goodness, he would have never come to America. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, uh, uh, and and he did activities. Even he wrote about it in the in in the preface uh, to uh, the second volume of the Bhagavatam that were printed in in India. The second volume of the Bhagavatam in America. They left the preface out, but in that preface, he talks about. People look at me, and, and because he was trying to get his books printed, he was going into Delhi, he was in the marketplace, he was dealing with paper sellers, he was dealing with printers, he was going around collecting donations. And they, people were criticizing, you should be sitting in Vrindavan and just doing bhajan, why are you here in the city doing all these things? 
so he wasn't attached to the mode of goodness uh, for mm-hmm. the sake of Krishna's service. Uh, generally, we don't commit crimes uh, uh, for Krishna's service, and you could maybe use this if you wanted to to justify engaging in nefarious and criminal activities, but that's basically... Uh, 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 yeah, so, so you should... The, mo- the mode of goodness is, is, un- is happiness and peacefulness, and, uh, uh, and uh, so sometimes the undertakings to do things for, for Krishna uh, and to save other people requires you to, to do all kinds of other things that at least look like the mode of passion. Uh, I can't imagine doing criminal things unless uh, there is no other alternative. But, uh, uh, you know, like for example, when when devotees in Russia uh, during the Soviet area were distributing books, they were technically criminals. So what's criminal? Depend upon different things, and they were put into mental hospitals. They thought it was the mode of ignorance, I guess. <laughs> okay? Yes, thank you. I mean, I guess I was making the error of assuming that something that's not in the mode of goodness is automatically some sort of um, unethical or immoral activity when that's not the case, correct? That's right. You have to use some judgment. You have to see what the, what, what the idea is if it's necessary for Krishna's service. Okay, thank you. Uh, and uh, so you shouldn't necessarily also be attached to the mode of goodness. Uh, mostly you become free from attachment to the mode of goodness by becoming attached to Krishna and Krishna's service. And whatever you do is, is, is pure in, in, in that case. Can I ask a follow-up question? Yeah, I mean, you, a lot of times you have to do a lot, a lot of things to, to just for spreading Krishna consciousness that looks passionate. Maybe sometimes even ignorant. Not usually, but that's just a fact. You shouldn't avoid it because it's not in the mode of goodness. Can I ask a follow-up question, please? Sure. How... Is, is, is it something that you need to know, or how do you know if you're actually, you know, I mean, you say the symptom of the mode of goodness is happiness, um, and sometimes people are quite self-satisfied, you know, even when they're doing nonsense, and they're just kind of maybe philosophical about the consequences of that nonsense. But I guess, I guess what I'm really saying is that, you know, can you, can you know if you're liberated? Or, or are you always, or do people stop themselves about that? Uh, I don't understand how that. I'm sorry. I, 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 I that last. My my question is like, okay, for instance, with the like, let's say Bhaktivinotakur or Naratam Dakur, they. They write songs and, and lament their fallen condition, and yet we understand that they're liberated souls. So what I'm asking is, is that does a liberated soul necessarily know that they're liberated, or do they always 
feel fallen or do they feel fallen in spite of knowing they're liberated? I'm just I'm just wondering because sometimes I think it's it, you know practicing Krishna consciousness is is I, I, when I can when I think about the possibility of having to go on for lifetimes of trying to become Krishna conscious, it's it's a little discouraging. Prabhupada never felt it necessary to make that claim for himself. Mm-hmm. He says in this conversation, Dr. Patel, I don't claim to be liberated. He mm-hmm. said, I only claim uh, to be the servant of my liberated spiritual master. I'm strictly following him. And Prabhupada writes that, that if you are strictly following then your actions are naturally liberated. Mm-hmm. So actually you shouldn't really care so much about liberated or not liberated. Or, or the real criterion is that one is, uh, is strictly following the principles of Krishna consciousness. Uh, and, uh, uh, and of course, a devotee who's advanced will think that everybody else is liberated but me because they're naturally humble and they won't, they won't make a claim like that. And they think that, yeah, I, I'm not liberated, but uh, uh, I, by the mercy of the devotees I can, I can do some service, that's all. So, so they don't find ways to advertise their position uh, or to have other people advertise it on their behalf or to give subtle indications of their lofty position because they don't think of themselves as lofty. Thank you. You know, the, 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 the spiritual It's not like uh, the material platform. We're, we're, we're not trying to become great. We're trying to become small. I think for a little while I talked about the word dainya, meaning humility, and also means being like wretched and, and poor and <laughs> downtrodden, those are all ideas of dainya. Uh, and, uh, and uh, yeah, uh, that's, that, that's, uh, and, 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 you know, you, we, we, we would, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur says about himself, and you, you can you can see that these people are not going around thinking I am liberated. Anything else? Okay. So, uh, chapter 26 next week to be Aila Gita. Not too long a chapter. Thank you very much. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai.